It's always humbling when people approach me to talk about the political axioms we've created to make sense of politics. For instance, where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. The more loyal you are to a party, the less it cares about you. Or specific to COVID. Remember we talked about cases, 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 because cases meant nothing, so we added cases of nothing. And it really helped people understand. I got to give massive credit to one of my favorite writers on Substack, uh, who has just nailed this. His name is Chris Bray. And he's put together something called the maneuver. And it will help us spot fraud, flat out fraud, in a very mechanical and more importantly, teachable manner. And it goes across all sorts of example spectrums. The easiest situation to reach for is this grifter, this guy. It's called the Fauci effect. People go to medical school now, people are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, who I am. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize in, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and, and all the things you're seeing going on in society, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. It's called the Fauci effect. That's what you call it. This extends into Jimmy Comey. It extends into Merrick Garland. It is the trick the party uses, but no more. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Huge appreciation to my friend Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. We wouldn't be where we're at without Zach and uh, some early on help he gave us just good to have a brother who knows what he's doing financially to help guide or in fact to guide it was i guess about two months ago i started reading a guy named chris bray and i was thrilled to see him after we began talking about him in this program i was thrilled to see uh tucker carlson's people picked up on his writing too it is phenomenal uh, he has a bit of a um, a penchant for using the f word but he uses it on purpose, not just to throw it around like the funny, funny TV comedians. So just be warned if you subscribe to his stuff that you're going to encounter that. He has put together something he calls the maneuver. And this is utterly brilliant because we live in an era of rank gibberish paraded about as scientific theory or even not theory, but scientific fact. It happens again today in, in, in just my show prep. And people, they, they prayed about things like credentialism is what he calls it. And I want to get into his steps that he calls a maneuver here in a second, but some examples. We call it here, we've called it appeal to authority. 
Well, uh, you know, I'm a scientist and an epidemiologist, and there's actually, Fauci's actually said, I, 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 I'm sorry, I, you know, I understand that you're a parent uh, concerned about your kid, but, 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 but we're talking about the scientists here, uh, the, the epidemiologists. And what the lady was saying is, my daughter can't breathe. Wearing the woke mask. She can't breathe. I'm sorry. I'm a scientist. Uh, you, 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 your daughter can breathe because, because I'm a scientist. It's credentialism. It, just, it happened just this morning. This is the state of things where the party has put people. Um, a, a man who's apparently a doctor. His name is Dr. Michael Heller, MD. Uh, let's see, um, Peds, endocrinologist, uh, GNV native, go Gators, let's go Duke, healthcare for all, pilot, Eagle Scout, dad, husband. Um, when you hear a pediatric endocrinologist, you can almost always count on them being someone who's willing to put wrong sex hormones into kids. And right there on his profile, there's the so-called trans flag. He's an ally, don't you know? We've played the audio of a young woman named Chloe Cole, she, at the age of 15, was conned into believing she was born in the wrong body. And she had her breasts sliced off her body by some, one of his colleagues, a, a goon uh, with a credential MD. Sliced her boobs off, her breasts, so she could never breastfeed a child. We've heard her talk. Uh, her, her voice is irreparably changed because of the testosterone shot into her body. She wrote on Twitter, wow, Joe Rogan follows me. That's pretty cool. She's an 18-year-old young woman. She thinks it's cool that Joe Rogan follows her. And this is a man in, well, ish. And I'm looking at his bio, and I'm going to guess he's in his 50s. And he writes back, imagine being an unfortunate young woman seeking credibility as a self-declared expert in data-driven trans care while simultaneously following Joe Rogan and celebrating the fact that he follows her back. Credentialism. Uh, I've tweeted this guy a challenge. Uh, I, I wrote back to him and said, hi, Mike, about this tweet. I will debate you in person or on video anywhere, anytime on the following proposition. The scientific method cannot be used to support the theory of transgenderism. It is a feeling, not a condition. I will not hear back from him. I, I, I flatly guarantee I will not hear back from him. How do I know? Because I've offered up to $10,000 for the so-called chief medical officer of Children's Hospital in Seattle to debate me. I offered it for about four years. 10,000. No go. This guy won't either because he prays about his MD status and he wants to speak of data-driven trans care. There can be no data around trans care because trans is a feeling. And data-driven well, you can't have data when it's outlawed. In the state of Oregon, do you know what they did? They outlawed following the outcomes of young kids who are shot up with wrong sex hormones and have their body parts sliced apart. They, they, they outlawed it. They outlawed it. Oh, it's for their privacy. Because currently, you, you, you certainly can't anonymize the results. So Chris Bray takes a very, very sharp, very organized intellect and applies it to situations like this so-called doctor, this, this endocrinologist who almost certainly goes around shooting kids up with wrong sex hormones and pretends he's operating on data driven, or maybe he believes he is. 
In my judgment, it's pretending. Maybe he believes he is. But again, I'll debate him anywhere, anytime, on video or in person, anywhere, anytime. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he can come and show me where the scientific method is useful for supporting the theory of transgenderism. Maybe he truly believes what he's saying. I mean, this show is my opinion and my opinion only. So I'd welcome his opinion. We'll come on the show. So Chris Bray provides an example and then pieces apart what this person says. This is a so-called sex therapist. And she um, is uh, careful enough to make sure that you know which pronoun she uses. But she's talking about, well, I'll just let her explain. Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves, and this includes folks who are attracted to minors. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or, or whatever you are. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults. So this is the same sort of babble uh, that you hear from the so-called public health authorities. And it's the same sort of setup. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. I'm the, uh, the executive director of the National Institute of Health uh, Allergies and Infectious Diseases. I've been an, uh, an, an epidemiologist uh, for, for 45 years, long, longer, than I, longer than I sometimes care to admit. Um, and today, I, I want to address uh, something that, that is being widely uh, misunderstood and, and, and maybe even misstated on purpose by some people. And, and that is um, the, the fact that, that one does not need to have symptoms 
in in order to transmit uh, a disease, uh, particularly SARS-CoV-2, which um, does not have any innate immunity uh, attached to it, uh, not not to get in, into technical specifics, um, but T cell and, and crossover immunity uh, does not apply t- uh, to this this particular molecular structure uh, of of this disease, uh, and and doctors understand this, and and, and folks. Uh, misunderstand uh, the role of of interventionalism uh, when you're dealing with something that that can be passed with without symptoms, uh, and it's really leading to harm uh, to a lot of the the most uh, um, vulnerable amongst us. Although SARS-CoV-2 uh, can can attack anybody, um, and it's 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 imperative that we correct some some misperceptions. Uh, about this is this disease, uh, particularly uh, when it comes to children and, and their ability to spread um, spread the disease. Uh, and in fact, uh, they they carry in our value sometimes higher than adults. That's where it's done. That's the maneuver. Here's how it breaks down with this this lady who and what she's talking about here is pedophiles, and what she is trying to do is normalize pedophilia. So we're going to go back through this, but with Chris Bray's steps, which he calls the maneuver. Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay, so right there, you have the establishment of credentialism. It's an appeal to authority. I don't need to tell you what sex therapy means. It doesn't mean anything. I don't need to tell you how I did in school because I've got their credentials. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. Okay, so what she does here is she's going to take something and hang new drapes around it. So she's creating a a new term for something because she's going to hang drapes. This is Chris writing. She hangs new drapes around it in an attempt to hide the shape and location of the Overton window. Brilliant, brilliant writing. She is aware that she is pushing the Overton window. She wants you to accept that it's okay that there's men who like to leer at your eight, nine, seven, four-year-old kids with the fantasy of having sex on them, not with them, on them. In other words, rape. So she knows what she's doing. And when she hangs these new drapes around something, she's doing this under the veil of credentialism. Um, I understand the criminal justice system. I've worked for both Republican and Democrats and no reasonable prosecutor uh, prosecutor would bring charges um, in this case. It is all over the place. I mean, look, 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 let's, let's understand something. I went to graduate school. Okay. So I read about critical race theory in graduate school, but critical race theory is a graduate school Lesson, it, it cannot be taught to kindergarten kids because their minds certainly are just are not ready to accept an advanced theory like that. It is all over the place. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. So you've been relegated to folks. See, she's a credentialed, licensed sex therapist, but you have been relegated to folks. And folks misunderstand the danger represented by an adult who is mentally more advanced and physically stronger than a child who wants to rape a child in their mind and may well do it physically. We're just folks who misunderstand this. This is assumed victim or presumed victimhood. Chris Bray writes this. 
presumptive victimhood. They're probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. Apply that to anything the left wants. Everyone's a presumptive victim if it helps the party. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. Okay, and here we have the idea that that noticing that an adult is leering at your child and being turned on by the mere presence of a child harms the adult. So the presumptive victimhood goes one way. And what she's doing here, again, Chris Bray's words, is she's assumed expertise that pathologizes ordinary perception. That's a brilliant way to look at this. And you know the memes that went around during the COVID flu, the, the, the height of the medically useless, deadly, politically advantageous lockdowns, which was the installation of the Great Reset, just to speak full truth. Do you remember those memes that you'll see now? People wrapped up in uh, hazmat suits and wearing three masks and not touching their loved ones are, are normal people. And we walking around without woke masks, uh, holding hands with our loved ones on a sunny day, we're conspiracy theorists. It's pathologizing the normal, ordinary perception. No, I am not a racist person. You are because you're white. You're sick. This is such a brilliant, brilliant construct to look at this as the maneuver. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also So she's doing here, and this is so beautiful what he writes about, Bray. Assumed expertise we talked about that pathologizes the ordinary perception. And then he writes, the mantle of specialized professional language, pedophile as a term that's moved from being a diagnostic language to an insult we hurl. It's diagnostic and describes behavior. And when someone is called a pedophile, it is describing the behavior or the behavior you think they're going to undertake. It is still diagnostic even when we say it. If we know there are adults who want to have sex with kids and go out and do that, that's a pedophile. We get to diagnose that. Someone who's fantasizing about having sex with kids is pedophilic. They have pedophilic desires. We get to diagnose that. Just like we get to diagnose whether or not we're sick. And in many cases, when you're dealing with a respiratory virus, you can diagnose it. This, this, this march towards the appeal to authority, this credentialism, this is the only thing that gets tyranny to work. It's the method they're using to stomp out questions. To stomp out People having simple questions like, why are so many food factories or um, food refining warehouses breaking down and burning down? Why is that happening? Why is it happening at the same time we have a fertilizer shortage, we're told? Why is that happening at the same time that the railroad has said, hey, ship lesser, less fertilizer? Why is that happening at the same time as France is shutting down a third of its nuclear power plants? Plants. Why is this happening as we are giving away, basically, at a very low price, our so-called strategic oil reserves to other countries? And every time 
you go back and ask these questions, you get an offshoot of these things, of this technique. And it crosses all sorts of barriers. It's really remarkable the way he has placed this all out. And let's take it back up to the Fauci level, but then let's travel down through some events of the day and see where we can apply Chris Bray's description of the maneuver. And this is Tony Fauci talking about how important Tony Fauci is to the rest of the known universe. It's called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's what you're saying. I mean, it's nice, but. No, I mean, you're, you're mentioning it, it because you love it. I, I, people go to medical school now. People are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, who I am. My friends know me. My wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. It's going to contradict And what I symbolize in, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and, and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. It's called the Fauci effect. That's what he calls it. That he can say something like that, that he says he represents truth and integrity and honesty during the same week that the CDC has pulled the biggest fast one that relates exactly to what Chris Bray just talked about, it is a sign and a signal that they're getting very, very desperate at the CDC. So they're going to amp up the maneuver, as Chris Bray calls it. We'll talk about that. Plus, I cannot wait to share with you something that's coming next week. No, not next week. Pardon me, tomorrow. Oh, I cannot wait. Just so I'll give you a little tease. Big week uh, for our friend Alan at Alan's Artisan Soaps. Um, Alan is now 12 and he started sixth grade. Big, big week. And what could a sixth grader do at a soap company? Come on. Well, he invents the scents. Many of the scents of the soap are directly invented by Alan. Why would a sixth grader do that? Well, because he loves his soap company. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but isn't he busy doing other things? Sure, he plays Minecraft. He does stuff like that. He, uh, he's getting a picture in the, the Todd Herman Show shirt that we'll share. But Alan has a special talent. He has a special talent for sense and what belongs in your skin and what doesn't. Why? Well, because he has some special challenges. He can't put together sentences, but man, is he joyful. He probably will not write, but man, does he create. He lives day to day, goes to school, plays this Minecraft, goes and works at his soap company, even though the party would have had him, had him not live. Alan doesn't just live, he thrives. And it's with great help from his family that they've created Alan's Artisan Soaps. It's alansoaps.com slash Todd. And this thing that Alan has, it's because he's so high up on the autism scale that his sense of sense is just advanced. He has some other structural health concerns that makes his skin so sensitive. That's why all Alan soaps are 100% natural. They have three generations of family 
business expertise, soap making business, helping them with this. And the scents are unique as you would think, because Alan's a very unique business person. The newest scent is called Lilac Applewood. There's also a scentless bar called Pure. And you could be part of this very important company. You can be part of helping it grow. And the easiest way to do that is to say, hey, I'm going to try the soap. And if I love the soap, I'm going to sign up for the Herminator sub. Okay, with that, the new soap, Lilac, Applewood, and Pure are now available online. And with the Herminator sub, the first bar of Lilac, Applewood sold was actually part of the Herminator sub. You get 10% off with the Herminator sub. It's the only place to get this super subscription saving. You get six bars of soap, a soap rack, a soap pouch, and a fluff. Just go to allensoaps.com slash Todd. allensoaps.com slash Todd, T-O-D-D. This is the same week that you recall the, um, the very important people from the CDC as we go back to Chris Bray's method. The very important people at the CDC told us some things that we, we, we had to listen to because our nation's leading expert on infectious diseases wanted to lock up the country. So let's take this through Chris Bray's steps. We were going to lock up the country, but just for two weeks to flatten the curve. What was that? That's trying to normalize something that's sick and outrageous and outside the mainstream. We're going to lock kids out of school. We're going to shut down churches. We're going to destroy small businesses. But they had to put new drapes around this. But this is just two weeks uh, to flatten the curve, which we now know they knew they were lying. Debbie Burks admits she was lying. She knew it was never going to be two weeks. And then it goes back to, look, scientists agree that there is no existing immunity to this disease. Uh, this could kill up to 30% of the United States population. This could, this could kill 30, 30 million people. And scientists agree on this. There are some fringe scientists. Uh, and, and I was just, it's very dangerous to see fringe scientists being treated like the mainstream presumptive victimhood. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind them questioning me or criticizing me, but when they criticize me, they're actually criticizing science itself. Expertise that pathologizes ordinary perception. You had doctors come out and say, none of this makes any sense. Look, we were told our whole life, if you're sick, open the windows, have vitamin D, have chicken soup, have vitamin C. Get up and move around. Don't stay in a dank, dark room in your bed getting sicker. That was conspiracy theory talk. And then the, 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 the mantle, and that was assumed expertise that pathologizes ordinary perception. But wait a minute, I'm not sick. How come I have to stay home? Well, because you want to kill people. It crosses all sorts of barriers. The mantle of specialized professional language asymptomatic spread never happened never existed but they take this specialized language this week the cdc has found out has been found out to be changing history the center for disease control is going through and erasing history this is not the first time they've done this they're erasing parts of the CDC website that said the injections stay 
at the injection point. They don't go into your body. They stay right there where they're shot up. They've been hiding something else under credentialism and appeal to authority in all the things Chris Bray describes in the method. We've learned this. One of the handlers of Joe Biden, one of the people who run Joe Biden is a woman named Anita Dunn. And Anita Dunn was the campaign manager for whoever decided to run Joe Biden and make him the, the, the figurehead that he is. Uh, she's also an advisor to the people who run Joe Biden in his starring role as figurehead. So she would be described as a, a, an advisor to the president for six months. Funny thing. She worked for Pfizer. But she decided to hide it. From us. No, she didn't put it in her ethics filings. It's, it's out now. August of 2022, two years later. We find out that she works for Pfizer. If you go back through these people who wag credentialism in your face, there's a commonality. They're owned. Tony Fauci's CDC takes payoffs from pharma. She takes payoff from pharma. People who will become pediatric endocrinologists and shoot kids up with wrong sex hormones, in my judgment, the whole craft is a payoff from pharma. When they're wagging credentialism in your face, it's to hide that they don't have any real logic or reasons for doing what they do. It should never, ever be this easy. There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in an ICU unit and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated. And there he is simply using the jargon type that Chris Bray talked about, trying not to say what we knew from the very beginning. None of this would stop the infection. This weekend, the CDC also updated their guidance to the exact same thing that we plebes have been saying for three years. 
So to review, they normalized destroying children's mental health and their lives and suicides and mental health problems and crushing small business. They normalized that. They did that by hanging the drapes of safety around it. Then they used credentialism and group credentialism. Scientists agree. They created presumptive victimhood. In this case, it was everybody. First, it was your kids who were going to die. Then your kids were going to kill you. And then Tony Fauci became the victim of misinformation. They pathologized people saying, this doesn't make any sense. If the masks work, why don't they work? They pathologized that, but I'm outdoors. I'm, I'm in the middle of the ocean on a surfboard. No one can catch anything from me. I'm more likely to be eaten by a shark than pass on or get a cold. Then, under the mantle of specialized professional language, they continued to move the goalposts all the way up to today. And they're hiding evidence of a crime, a massive crime. That's one or two examples of how Chris Bray's description of the maneuver works. There are some subsets to the maneuver that float around and it particularly has to do with information. And we'll talk about this, and this is especially important given the fact that the, uh, the media and the FBI would like us to believe that Trump supporters surrounded the FBI office in Arizona uh, arms Trump supporters. And maybe they did, which I wish I, I wish you wouldn't do that. But it's particularly important to discuss this. Hey, the, um, the, the, the people uh, that we work with at Soda Weight Loss, you'd think that they'd be kind of shocked with my, uh, let's see, what day was that? It was Friday. You'd think they'd be kind of stunned um, seeing me sit down and let's see, I had... Uh, three Huckleberry Lemonades, virgin, I'll have you know, I don't drink alcohol. I had a whole Hermanator pizza. I had a whole Caesar salad with double chicken, no croutons. I ate that all. Plus, we got some chips and some, uh, some corn dip for the kids, and I ate that. Plus, one of the, um, one of the, uh, the, the children... They get to bake these little pizzas where we go. And she is gluten intolerant, so she couldn't eat hers. So she she carefully sliced up little pieces and shared it with the adults. That was really good. So you'd think that the people at Soda Weight Loss would go, we can't have this clown endorsing us. He's feeding himself this way? Oh, and yeah, it was last week I told you I'm going to take off another two and a half pounds. Well, I'm going to. I will. Want to know why? The... Process of keeping the weight off is not the process of taking the weight off. And this concerns a lot of people. You know, they know that Soda Weight Loss provides the food and the counseling. You know that you work with a nutritionist. And people will look at this and say, well, this is a forever thing that I can never again have. The no, 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 no. The maintenance phase you're going to go through after you drop this unwanted fat from your body will begin to reintroduce foods like that. Now, if you eat that way every day or twice a week, you're going to have problems, but I don't because I was taught when I dropped 150 pounds of unwanted fat, how to have days like that. Now, it happens it came after a ridiculous, ridiculous workout. I was ridiculously below calorie and still I understand how to do these things. 
the process of dropping the fat is one part. The maintenance phase is next where they reintroduce the foods that you want to eat at the time that's correct. Why? Because it locks your body into something called set point. And at that point, your body says, oh, wow, this is what I'm supposed to weigh. And it locks itself in. So I'll give you an update on how I've done in dropping what I wanted to do, which is about eight pounds of unwanted fat, about nine pounds. I'll give you an update as I key into this throughout the week. And I'm just going to go right to the Soda Weight Loss Protocol. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art because it is state of the art. Hey, just a quick tease coming up tomorrow. We're going to give you a portion of a song someone created using an auto tuner online. It is so cool. I don't know a reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. <laughs> I know there will be intense public debate. I know there will be intense public debate. I know there will be intense public debate. Public debate. What difference at this point does it make? So well done, you guys. That's coming up tomorrow on the show. We'll play the whole, whole thing. So this weekend, we watched the CDC change their guidance. We watched them try to disappear the evidence of them lying about the spike proteins um, staying in your body. And incidentally, that's such an obvious lie. Want to know why? Because the spike proteins are not shot into your body. The, the CDC said, well, and understand something. Uh, the spike protein uh, stays at the site of the injection. When those words escaped that little troll's mouth, he was lying and he knew it. How? Because the mRNA doesn't contain spike proteins. It contains the instructions that cons your body into producing them. Guess where your body does not produce them? At the injection site. It produces it through your genes across your body. As the mRNA spreads. Nothing they did could have happened without this. And this is another fantastic description. This comes from Peter McCullough. I am so happy to see people taking pattern recognition and applying it to common everyday, or not common everyday things, but to the tyranny that's being installed. Remember how often we've talked about pattern recognition on the show? Chris Bray is using pattern recognition to spot the maneuver. So now we know the maneuver. Here, Peter McCullough goes through another form of Pattern recognition. Step one, create a global emergency. Step two, claim ownership over the, the truth. Step three, accuse anyone against you as spreading misinformation or hate speech. Step four, pursue them with vengeance. This is exactly what they're doing under the, uh, uh, to, to many aspects of society. The Trump threat. Global emergency. The guy who's president works for, for Vladimir Putin. But he says he doesn't. That's misinformation. No, we know this, this. Look, 20 intelligence experts have said, all the existing intelligence experts have said, credentialism, appeal to authority. Step three, we sent CNN reporters to the homes of, of, of women who are tending the farm in Iowa to say, you shared Russian information, misinformation. You're a hate speech spreader. Pursue it with a vengeance. Look at Trump in Mar-a-Lago. Well, he has nuclear codes. Well, that's, that's a global catastrophe. But he says he doesn't have them. Wait, wait, wait. This is the FBI, folks. Merrick Garland has said these are professionals. 
And there's a due process scenario here, but what we have done is gone into court and the court has approved this warrant based upon probable cause. And then they get into the babble. And it couldn't have happened without the willing accomplices in the media, such as this. That step that they just talked about that McCullough just said, create a global emergency, claim ownership of a truth, accuse anyone against you as spreading misinformation or hate speech, pursue them with a vengeance. Here's an example of something that most people don't know. This is from Pierre Corey. He is a doctor who was outed as an extremist. The miracle not heard around the world. The success of the Uttar Pradesh, part one, the North Indian state of 231 million people eradicated COVID with an ivermectin treatment program representing one of the greatest public health achievements in history. And it was kept a global secret. And he goes through detail after detail, but it's not credentialism. It's not appeal to authority. It's not babble, as Chris Bray talked about. It's a very detailed, number-filled article with multiple points of view discussing how they did it, how it worked, and how it was hidden from people. And it is still hidden. Go back up to this sexologist, this, this sex therapist. In her entire discussion, as she discusses that people don't get to choose their sexual preference, true. People get to choose their actions. And this is the major difference between someone like her and someone like power brokers who are run entirely by their egos and their libidos and their lusts, both sexual and otherwise, why not? I want, why not take? I can, why not do? When a nation or a people become unmoored by God, they become unmoored by restraint, and we don't even need to understand the rules. I don't understand some things about my car, my truck. I read the owner's manual and I know they understand. God wrote this owner's manual for us. We don't always have to agree. In fact, it would be much, much easier if God just said, hey, you know what? That really hurts people's feelings when they don't get to have sex whenever they want. So I'm going to change that. Think about how much better life would be, except it wouldn't be because it would be confusing. So these people have this commonality in place as well. Tony Fauci can say, I represent truth and integrity during the same weekend that his CDC is disappearing information. That so-called sex counselor is wanting us to believe that her job is to tell men who want to rape children that it's really okay to want to rape them, but maybe don't do it. That's not counseling anybody. If you have a behavior that's going to lead to harming another and by extension then harming you, that's what a counselor talks you out of. If you have a disease that can be helped by people going and walking around and opening the windows of their house and taking vitamin D and vitamin C, that's what you tell them to do. But the fact is that no one uses the maneuver if they want to help people. You never use techniques like this when you seek to help. 
Because the first step of help is honesty and vulnerability. The first impulse to help is loving thy neighbor. You step through any of these examples and those things are absent. A doctor in Ontario has his license suspended because he's speaking truth as he sees it about the COVID injections. License suspended. How'd they do that? Same technique. They use the maneuver. Alex Berenson now has proof that the White House told Twitter to suspend him. And if you read the threads that Alex has uncovered through his lawsuit, you will see that Twitter works for the White House. You will see the maneuver being used internally. Now we see the maneuver coming through rising food prices, rising food costs. Go back and listen to examples we've used on the show of the technocrats talking about food, talking about centralized control. Talking about the fact that that we have to blow the system up. This is now being talked about as a business risk, but this is the way that CNBC explains this. Or probably the Wall Street Journal. Listen to the Wall Street Journal explain the the coming food crisis and tell me if you hear any bit of the maneuver here. We talked about Chris Bray's description of the maneuver. Rising food prices could become a business risk. What's that? Specialized speak? Analysts say, wait, analysts say that. Oh, okay, so some credentialism. Food shortages stemming from the what? The Ukraine war? What? The the, the Ukraine war just started. How is it that these food shortages are from that when we've been warning about food shortages on this show since the COVID lockdowns began, the medically useless, deadly, politically advantageous lockdowns. How is it that I can go back through archives of the show and point out that two and a half years ago, I was saying, you know, we're going to see food shortages, right? And I'm not the only one, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All I was doing was looking at, hey, wow, there's a lot of ships backed up off port. Wow, there's a lot of containers that, that, are, that are not coming on board, not coming into the country. Man, this is going to lead to a lot of shutdowns. Man, they're destroying a lot of farms. There's a lot of food that farmers are being forced to throw out. This is going to have a major effect on things. You go back up to the method. You take the specialized professional language. You take the uh, presumptive victimhood, but then you get this, the assumed expertise that pathologizes ordinary perception. As you and I were looking at those container ships going, wow, these are never going to get processed. We're going to have a food shortage. What were we called? Same thing that Dr. McCullough went through. We were sharing misinformation. We were conspiracy theorists. Once we understand the method, we can call it out anytime. Here's another. Planned Parenthood is um, taking some of their funds meant to abort babies to promote what's called the cotton ceiling. Do you know what this is? The cotton ceiling is the demand that men who pretend to be women make of women who only want to have sex with other women. Let me say it in the nomenclature of the modern world. These are men who think they're trans, who want to have sex with women who identify as lesbian. But the women who identify as lesbian say, no, I only have sex with other women, to which the men with penises and testicles say, I am a woman. And you take it right back up to the method. 
You take it right back up to so-called sex therapists. You take it right back up to the babble of lies. And this gets so bad, the credentialism, that it's going to lead us into a discussion later this week that I think are absolutely key, key discussions later this week. We're going to go through some questions to derail the accusations of the party. It's like 10 or 15 questions I'm going to run us through. But let me give you this example from a guy named Gad Saad, who's an academic. He got... (laughs) He got uh, a warning from YouTube for going to his computer. He's like, like I said, he's an academic. He is reading an academic paper that he decided to review. Now, this paper is waiting placement in a premier medical journal. All he did was go to Google Scholar. Google hosts these papers. He goes to Google Scholar, he grabs the paper, and he reads it and critiques it as research. This is how powerful the method is. This paper is going to get published, and he gets a warning for talking about it. There is a little bit of language in this. Snippets from a recent paper that came out in a journal, Qualitative Research, which is a journal that within that genre is actually quite... Uh, established quite it has an impact factor here it says 3.096 which is a pretty good reasonable impact factor so it's certainly one of the more prestigious journals as far as i know in this field it's published by sage journals so uh, sage is a serious publisher so here we go and i swear to you this is not satire i will even put a link to the journal as i always do uh, to the journal article as i always do whenever i engage in this exercise. So here we go. I got this today, by the way, I saw it on my Twitter feed. So this is titled, uh, this was first published uh, April 26, 2022. I'm not sure if it's still an online paper. Uh, Yes, I guess it is uh, so far an online. uh, It's only published online. So it's waiting in the queue to get a, a slot in a eventual issue. So as I said, it's in qualitative research. The title of the paper by Carl Anderson is I'm not alone, we are all alone, using masturbation as an ethnographic method in research on Shota subculture in Japan. So I'm being literal here. Masturbation will be used as the method of data collection. What he did, this writer... Now, remember how this episode began? Do you remember when we were talking about the method? Do you remember this woman and what she was talking about? Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. Minor attracted persons. This research paper, which is pending acceptance by a premier medical journal is the result of a man who apparently watched videos, Japanese videos that are about children, cartoon children. And in his paper, he saw, he said, I was seeking to understand this subculture. So as I watched cartoon stories about little kids, I, he said he masturbated watching cartoons about kids. 
And that's a scientific paper. The maneuver is never about honesty. It's never about goodness. Because it is not, honesty is not just the absence of lying. It's the presence of truth. It's the presence of light. Anytime the maneuver is used, anytime we see these techniques, understand that you are being conned. I suggest we memorize them and apply them through every day life because the con is getting thicker. Example, John Cardillo, journalist, multiple federal law enforcement sources are telling me a message was blasted to all federal law enforcement agencies to start cataloging social media posts of known conservative influencers so they can be threat assessed. He writes, they're coming for the First Amendment. Anyone who opposes the regime, we can go back to the method. We hear people at the World Economic Forum saying we need to recalibrate freedom of speech. We had Hillary Clinton saying online discussion exposes people to extremist ideas and we need to put up some guardrails. It's the method. It's the maneuver. There's this. The same week that Merrick Garland said he wouldn't stand by silent as the ethics of the FBI agents involved in the Trump raid are being questioned. And he went through his credentialism, his presumed victimhood. He pathologized us saying, wait a minute, you want us to believe you? We've watched you lie to us now over and over again for six or seven years. We don't believe you anymore. There's this. The FBI agents involved in the Trump raid are under criminal investigation by Durham for abusing their power in the Trump-Russia probe. That's a developing story. When we can use tools to understand cons, the cons no longer work. You know the old shell game where the person is to find the little nut under the shell? There's a fun little thing you can do with those guys. Offer money to turn all the shells over. So they go through this scrambling and and you're to find now the shell where the little nut is because you've been following it so carefully. Here's a fun little game. Raise some money from friends. Go in with like a thousand bucks. As they're going through and they're thinking they're going to take a hundred bucks from you or they're going to take 50 bucks from you because you can't find the, the, the little, the little pea or the little nut, pull out a grand and say, I'll pay you a thousand dollars to turn them all over. Watch what they do. They can't because the nut's not there. The steps are in the show sheet. If you don't get the Substack notes, I, I really suggest that you get them. Understand the steps of the con that's called the maneuver by Chris Bray. Understand the steps of the speech constraint that Dr. McCullough detailed. It's a great adjunct to the way that we've described politics here forever on The Totterman Show. I think I failed today to put God at the center of this, so I want to apologize to God Almighty. I let my own fleshly ego desire run away with the show today. Lord, I apologize. This is The Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and don't be like me. Don't let your ego run things. I did not do a good job of today of putting God at the center. So I apologize to you too.